Robert Frost, a poet, wrote a famous poem that I'm sure all of you are aware of. The title of that poem is The Road Not Taken. And most likely, the stanza that is most familiar is the last stanza. It's very famous. It says this, I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood and I. I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. The picture in Frost's poem is two paths, only two. There's two paths to take and a choice to be made. The picture of that poem is a crossroads, a crossroads, a decision. As we begin a new year, every single person in this room, one way or another, is at a crossroads. Every day we're at a crossroads. Every day we have decisions to make. Decisions really that have eternal implications. The question I have for us as we even think about some of those decisions that are coming up is which way are you going to go? Who are you going to follow? Who are you going to listen to? You've got a choice to make. I've got a choice to make. And the Israelites in the book of Jeremiah had a choice to make. Jeremiah chapter 6 the Israelites stood at the crossroads. Will we follow Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or will we follow our own heart, our own desires, and our own path? That was the choice that was before them. They had a choice to make. And Jeremiah, the watchman of Israel, Jeremiah one of Judah's greatest prophets ministered during the darkest days, I would argue, of the nation of Israel. It was a time that was characterized in Israel of outright rebellion. It, it, characterized by complete indifference. Characterized by outright Idolatry. Frankly, it was moral rot in Israel in those days. And Jeremiah was to be faithful to the people of Israel. He was to be a faithful watchman, a faithful prophet, a faithful preacher of the Word of God. He was to be honest with them and with the people. Judgment was coming. If you don't repent, 
There are consequences for your decisions, he declared. And he declared this message to Israel for 40 years with a flock of No one listened to him. I mean, it's a sad read, the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was opposed. Uh, he was beaten. He was put in prison. He was cast into a muddy well, sinking in mud for a long time up to his waist. It was a sad story. In fact, all the way from Jeremiah chapter 2 through Jeremiah chapter 25, that message to Judah is one of judgment. It's a hard read, but we're going there this morning to Jeremiah chapter 6. I want you to take your copies of the Scripture and turn to the book of Jeremiah chapter 6. If you have a bulletin, the verse that we're going to be looking at is at the top of your bulletin. If you don't have a copy of the Scriptures. Jeremiah chapter 6. And in that section that we come to, and of all that judgment in 2 through 25, if you read it carefully, you're going to notice something. God is a God of grace. God is a God who is always holding out hope for His people, even in the darkest times, if they would only humble themselves and turn back to Him, they would find life. But they've got to choose. They've got a choice to make. And we see that in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. To get the context, because I'm jumping right in, we're going to read a few verses in front of Jeremiah chapter 6. So if you're there, please turn to Jeremiah chapter 6. And let's start in verse 1 so we get the setting of this. Verse 1 of Jeremiah 6 Flee for safety, O sons of Benjamin. Flee for safety from the midst of Jerusalem. Now blow a trumpet in Tekoa and raise a signal over Beth Hakarim, for evil looks down from the north in a great destruction. The comely and dainty one, the daughter of Zion, I will cut off. Shepherds and their flocks will come to her. They will pitch their tents around her. They will pasture each in his place. Prepare war against her. Arise and let us attack at noon. Woe to us for the day declines, for the shadows of the evening lengthen. Arise and let us attack by night and destroy her palaces. For thus says the Lord of hosts, cut down her trees and cast up a siege against Jerusalem. This is the city to be punished in whose midst there is only oppression." As a well keeps its waters fresh, so she keeps fresh her wickedness. Violence and destruction are heard in her. Sickness and wounds are ever before me. Be warned, O Jerusalem, or I shall be alienated from you and make you a desolation, a land not inhabited. Thus says the Lord of hosts, they will thoroughly glean as the vine the remnant of Israel. Pass your hand again like a grape gatherer over the branches. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? 
Behold, their ears are closed and they cannot listen. Behold, the word of the Lord has become a reproach to them. They have no delight in it. But I am full of the wrath of the Lord. I am weary of holding it in. Pour it out on the children in the street and on the gathering of young men together. For both husband and wife shall be taken, the aged and the very old. Their houses shall be turned over to others, their fields and their wives together. For I will stretch out my hand against the inhabitants of the land, declares the Lord. For from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for gain. And the prophet, even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the brokenness of my people superficially. Saying peace, peace, but there is no peace. Were they ashamed because of the abomination that they have done? They were not even ashamed at all. They did not even know how to blush. Therefore they shall fall among those who fall. At the time that I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. Our verse now. Thus says the Lord, stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But, they said, we will not walk in it. Thus says the Word of the Lord. It's at the beginning of a new year. We stand at the crossroads. We stand at the crossroads daily and every day we must choose. We must choose the right path. And some of the options are very confusing. It doesn't seem to be clear direction with some of the decisions that are before us. What do we do? How are we to determine the right path? In our text, in Jeremiah 6.16, there are four consecutive steps to the good choice. Four consecutive steps to the good choice. And these steps are not my opinion. These steps are not optional. These are Hebrew imperatives. These are commands in the Hebrew text. They're not optional. We're not prone to four-step sermons in this church unless the text goes there. It goes there. They're not optional. Listen carefully. Look at the first part of the verse in verse 16. Thus says the Lord. Not thus says Pastor Jim. Not thus says my dad. Not thus says Pastor Jeff. Thus says the Lord. 
Hear the word of the Lord as we start 2024. Hear Him. How do we choose the right path? Four consecutive steps. Look at verse 16. See if you can find the first command. Kids, look at the text in your bulletin or Bible. Thus then says the Lord, stand by the ways. What's the first command? Stand. Stand. It's a command to stand. Stand by the ways. The word ways, it's plural. And some translations pick this out, but if you study the word in the plural, the idea is, you guessed it, a crossroads. Where a road diverges into two separate paths. And the command on the journey through life, right? Some of us are running a thousand miles an hour is to stand. That's the first command. It's to stand. Now, in order to stand and to obey this command, brothers and sisters, hear me. You've got to slow down. Israel was about to be destroyed from the north. Stand. Slow down. Just numb yourself to death with activities and pleasures and dreams and your visions. Stand. In order to stand, we've got to slow it down. And if And if we're reflecting here at the beginning of a new year, we're reflecting on 2023, I'm not sure slowing down or slowing and margin are words that we might choose to describe our year. Maybe. But maybe the word that you would choose is franticness and underlying anxiety and discontentment, which from those types of things spring all kinds of evil and darkness. Right? But what God is telling us at the beginning of a new year is to stand still. To slow it down. To stand there so that we're in a place where we can examine our options. How many of us here today need to hear the command from God in 2024 in decision making to slow down and stand still? So that you can consider your options well. So there's an intentionality of this first command. We obey it. We put ourselves in a position to make a decision by standing. Where we can see there, because we slow down, and we can see the big picture of the possibilities in front of us. So what I want us to do now is something a little bit different. I'm going to actually be quiet, which is amazing. In 2024, as individuals, I know you, I know this church, I know you, you've got decisions to make. I've got decisions to make. As families, you have decisions to make. As a church... We, at Grace Community Bible Church, have decisions to make in 2024. What I want you to do is, I'm going to be quiet for just a few seconds, 20 seconds, it's going to seem like a long time. 
I want you to think about the decisions that you've got to make, and I would like you to jot one of them down. If you can, you don't have to play. I'm going to pray for you. First thing you need to do to figure that out is to slow down and stand. I mean, life, especially in this country, in Sierra Leone, it was a little bit different when I was there. I wasn't there long, but wow. Slow. Life is often a blur, and I'm telling you, we're often not deciding anything. We're reacting to everything. Those aren't decisions. Those are reactions. (laughs) Just going through the motions. We can't think. We can't process. If we're going to hear the Word of the Lord, we need to slow down and stand. And these are four consecutive steps. If we do so, it will make sense of the next command in the passage. Kids, look at your bulletin. Look at your Bibles. What is the next command? It starts with an S. C. Very good. Stand by the ways and see. Stop there. Number two command is to see. So if we slow down and stand, we're in a well-positioned place to take a good look. My mom and dad grew up in the great state of Colorado. My favorite part of Colorado is the southern part, where the great sand dunes national monument is the San Luis Valley. There's huge mountains and you have to go over a pass into the valley. And then on the other side of the valley where my parents grew up, there's another big mountain range and there's another pass. That's my favorite pass. It's called La Vita Pass. And that pass is super high. And it's super beautiful. But what you can do is everyone stops, gets out of their car, And they look, and you can see the paths, one up north heading towards Durango. You can see the paths diverge. You can see the big picture. That's what God, it's the picture in our passage right here. The idea of seeing isn't just a quick glance. The Hebrew idea of that word translated see is to observe. It's a deep steady, because you've slowed down and stopped, look at your options so that you can attentively consider and think and look at both paths of decision before you. So if you think about 2024, you take a good look at each of those paths. Slow down and think about it. See it. Don't ignore what you see. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore the sick feeling. Don't ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Take the time. Count the cost. Your decision will have consequences. It will. Every decision does. Think. Don't be presumptuous. 
Journal it. Write it down. Spiritually, maybe you've been invited here today by someone and you're at the crossroads. You've heard about Christ your whole life. Maybe you've just heard about Him recently. You're trying to decide, am I going to follow Jesus like these Christians? Or am I going to just not? Stop. Slow down. Look at your options. Am I going to follow my own plan or maybe God is calling me to follow Him through following His Son, Jesus Christ? Think about it. Slow it down. Take a good look. So we stop, which means we slow down. And then we see, which means we're looking and thinking and considering the big picture of the paths before us. Attentively considering our options. And that leads to a third consecutive step in order to choose the right path. And that is something that I want the kids to find. We're learning to read our Bibles. Thus says the Lord, look for the third command. Stand by the ways and see and ask. Ask. And since I like S's, we'll call that seek. But it's ask. Ask for the ancient path. So, number three, seek. Ask. Now, we need to hear this. I don't know if... I think we all... Anybody like... Raise your hand if you like road trips. It's fun, isn't it? The snacks, especially, that you have to have with you. And I like road trips a lot more now that I've got my, my smartphone that you just plug it in and I know exactly where I'm going. I don't have to think about it. So this illustration, this illustration might fail, but it won't fail for two reasons. One, your phone dies, and number two, you might have T-Mobile. And if that's the case, this illustration is for you, which is you're back to the old paper map in that situation, right? And guys, and I'm not particularly like this. You can ask my wife. Maybe I am, and you know, I'm deceived, but... Um, Sometimes guys are stubborn and we think we can figure it out. And we're going to look at the paper map and we're going to get there, right? We're going to get to that vacation promised land with our family. Well, if you humble yourself and you're lost and you're not sure which way to go, it makes sense to do what? Ask. To ask. And that, typically, if you find someone that knows more than you do and can point you to reliable information and truth, it makes sense to what? Ask. Because then you'll get back on that road. You won't waste time and money. Maybe your family won't be in danger because it can be dangerous to get lost. And you get to the good way, that vacation destination. Ask for the ancient paths. That's what God is telling His people Israel through the prophet Jeremiah. You're confused. You're, you're going down the wrong path. You don't know which way to go. You've got a decision before you. Ask for the old paths. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask for the reliable path, the text says. 
Okay, well, let me ask you a question. Who do you ask? Be careful who you ask. You could get bad information. You could get bad directions. You have a decision before you. It's good to ask for the ancient past. So I would tell you this. This text is clearly telling us to ask a godly person who has wisdom in your life. Talk to your pastors. Talk to your parents. Who has wisdom to get us back to the ancient paths? Well, in Luke, we're learning about prayer. Bold, audacious, shameless prayer based on our identity as sons that goes to the Father and says, Help! Help! I'm desperate. Isn't that going to God and asking for help? But don't look for you know, God in Christ to appear while you're shaving and speak out loud to you. You come and you ask and then you go to the book of God and you open up the book of God and this will really light, this will really change your devotional life if you get desperate like this. Oh Lord, teach me, teach me, teach me according to Your Word. Show me the way that leads to life. Lord, I'm desperate in my life right now. I need wisdom. Wow, that will change the way you do devotions. It will change the way you hear the preaching of God's Word. You come to the Word of the living God and you're asking for help. Psalm 25, verse 8. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, He instructs sinners in the way. So, what is the ancient paths? Well, just in that context, um, the ancient paths are the paths of obedience to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as, as encoded in the Scriptures that they, that they had before them. It, it was listening to God's prophets. As one has said, quotes, the paths of the old time are here the ways in which Israel's godly ancestors have trod. It's, it's the paths of His precepts found in the Word of God. It's the paths of clinging to the, the promises that are, that are found in the Word of the living God. This is listening to the law of God. Following and trusting your God in obedience to His Word. It's worshiping God and loving God. This is for the people of God today and the people of God then and today grafted in to those precious promises, this is the good path for us. This is the ancient path where the good way is. That does not mean that the ancient paths are easy in that sense they are good and simple and comfortable and benign. It doesn't mean that at all. In fact, the Hebrew is a kind of structure where it's the path that leads to the good. There's a future expectation and outcome of the ancient past with God says is good. Now man, when God says something is, voila, now that is good, rebellious man says, no it's not. My way is good. That is precisely what sin is. That's what happened in the garden. God is still holding out the good to His people. 
He's holding it out. I'm telling you, the good way is not necessarily the fun way or the emotional way or the stimulating way or any, just fill the blank in. It's not the easier way, but it is the good way. And you know, if you've walked with God on this path, that yes, the good is then, but is not the path of fellowship with Christ the good as well? Although the text is talking about a future good here. Life. This is what I want for my life. I know, fathers, moms, this is what you want for your families. Jim, Pastor Jim, this is what we want for this church. We want to take the ancient path where the good way is. Pray for us. That's what we want. So, this is how we need to come to the Word of God. Come on Wednesday night as we talk about our fighter verse kickoff. This is no joke. The good way is found as we ask questions and come to God in His Word and to those who know the Word of God to instruct us. Get to the Word of God. Meditate on the Word. Memorize it so that it comes into your mind as you are making these decisions so you'll be informed by the truth. That is the good way. The book of old. Ask. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. In light of what I've said in Jeremiah, listen to Roman, the famous verse in Romans 12. You're like, what's God's will? I don't know God's will. Should I do this? Should I do that? Here's God's will. Romans 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? So that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, good and acceptable and perfect. This is a path of knowing Jesus more, a path of holiness, a path of gratitude, a path of like Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to His Word. Let's find out what Jeremiah thinks the good way is. Take your Bibles and keep your finger in Jeremiah chapter 6 and turn to the right and go to Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah helps define this good way for us. In Jeremiah 32, starting at verse 38. There's so much we could say here, but here's the promises and the grace and the hope that God always holds out to His people. Verse 38, they shall be my people. And I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and one way. How many ways are there? Are both paths equally good? There's one way. And I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me always. For their own, there it is, good, 
and for the good of their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to do them what? Good. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts so that they will not turn away from me. I will rejoice over them to do them good. And will faithfully plant them in this land with all my heart and with all my soul. Thus says the Lord. Well, when you, see, when you hear about the one way, I think you know where I'm going in the progress of Revelation. Jesus, in the upper room in John chapter 14, was dealing with a bunch of men who were really not doing well. John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus says to them, Do not let your heart be troubled. John 14, 1. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Verse 4, And you know the way where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know the, uh, where you are going. How do we know the way? And Jesus said to him, let's say it all out loud together, I am the way. The, let's do it again. I'm actually serious. Ready? I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Me. That sounds like a pretty clear uh, Jesus being the wise one that we've asked. We've got two paths before us. My way or the way of Christ and following Him. There's a clear choice here this morning. He is the way that leads to eternal good. Follow Him. Follow Him. So in January 2024, slow down and stop. Okay, and now you can see. Now seek answers by asking questions. But I'm telling you, and this is the problem with Christianity for most of us, including myself, is that we don't take that fourth command. Kids, look at your verse. This is a little harder one, but see if you can find that fourth and final consecutive step in Jeremiah 6.16. We might have to turn back there. Anybody want to shout it out? What's the last command? Walk. Or, because I'm like an S's, set out. There you go. Easy to remember. Walk. But that is the problem, isn't it? You know perfectly well that Jesus is what you need to, who you need to follow and who you need to give your life to. But not yet. I'm not ready. I've got to... I'm going to... Then I will... 
We can do the first three, but if we're not willing to take a step of faith and set out on that road, then we've fallen short of Jeremiah's instructions this morning. Now, walking is movement. Walking is choosing that path and moving forward in faith. It is, it is movement. It is following Jesus. It is not winning Bible trivia because you've got your head packed full of knowledge, but you're not moving. It's not being better theologically than the next guy. This is not about information here. This is not about knowledge in your head. This is about what? The real kind of knowledge. In fact, the only kind of knowledge the Bible knows about is experiential knowledge. When you move upon it, then you will know that He is good. And that it's the good way. It's not no, walking is not knowing. Walking is not information. Walking is not ritual. Walking is not going through the motions. The Israelites did a lot of external stuff. They were still sacrificing these days. They were still going through some of the prescriptions of the Old Testament law. But they did not love the Lord. And they were following their own paths. So what does it look like to walk in it? The best way to figure out what that means is to look at the Bible in its context. So let's read the next verse. Sound like a good plan? Jeremiah 6, verse 17. Let's find out what this looks like. Verse 17 says, okay, so I'll just read 16 again. We're going to have it memorized by the end of the time. Stand by, because we've got four commands. Stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Yikes. We will not. No. Stay out of my life. We will not. Verse 17. So what does it mean to walk or not walk? Let's see if you can answer that question as I read. And I set watchmen over you. Saying, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not listen. Therefore hear, O nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, verse 19, behold, I am bringing disaster on this people, the fruit of what? Whose plans? Their plans. Their way. That's the other path. The other path is your path. Your plans. The good way is God's path. Following Christ. Listening to His words. And I'm going to bring... Disaster on this people and the fruit of their plans. Why? Because they have not what? Listened to my words. Because as for my law, they have rejected it also. 
For what purpose does frankincense come to me from Sheba and a sweet and burnt offerings are not exalted? So they looked, I mean, they were sending riches to God and they had the rituals and the sacrifices still all fired up. But they would not listen to the word of the living God. They had watchmen over them, pastors and parents and faithful people in their lives. They would not have it. They would not listen. They wanted their own way. That's what it says. Right? This is the choice before us. So it's clear then that walking here is listening to the watchmen that you've asked. And listening to God's Word, His law, which is always going to mean in some sense forsaking the flesh and your own plans. That's how the context defines this this whole choice. And that gets really encouraging for me when I get into the Word of God that, wow, this is, there's a lot here. I'm gonna, I need to listen. Who's watching over me? What's, what part of my own plan am I clinging to that's causing me such frustration and, and, and pain? Decide which way are you going to go? Are you going to go after your own path? Or are you going to follow Jesus? That is what this text means. That's the choice. So, all those other choices that you're making, you should ask yourself which one of those is me sitting at the feet of Jesus and clinging near to him? and growing more into His image. And which one is my flesh and my plan? It's not just the most important decision of all. That's a big one. I hope you're here seeing that it's two options. One road that leads to eternal death in a place the Bible has already got, you know, the slang swear word hell, Gehenna. It's in the Bible. It's the lake of fire. That's the end. It's not good. It's bad. It's not life. It's death. Yes, there is that path before us all. Putting your faith in Christ or following your own. But I think as, even as believers, we've got to make this decision. I would just tell you, Jesus warns us in Matthew 7.13. He says, enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few that find it. It is, in a sense, what the poem said. Take the road, what? Less traveled by. And I'll tell you, um, young people, 20-somethings, my own kids, I needed to hear this. Okay. Go that way. But understand, we will be held accountable for our choices. Understand, the last verses of the book of Ecclesiastes, the conclusion when all has been heard, is fear God and keep His commandments. Because this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. And so I beg you, as we make decisions, 
Choose Christ. Choose life. And you say, I think I'm on the wrong path even as a believer here this morning. I don't even know if I'm a believer after the sermon because I feel like I'm on the wrong path. That's a sign of the work of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that believers can be on the right path and stray from it? It's biblical. And so if you're here and and that is you, you need to make an adjustment. Go back. Go back to the ancient path. Go back where the good way is in the book Pilgrim's Progress. It was going pretty well for once. And they got a little bit lazy. And the path got a little bit hard. And they didn't like it. They thought the metal looked really good. Hey, let's go. They were both Christians. And they decided, let's get off the path a little bit. Let's go through this meadow. And they went through this meadow. And it was a little bit easier. And they liked the little bit of easierness of it. But then they fell asleep. They were dull. They fell asleep. And they found that they were aware on the land of the giant despair. And they were thrown in to despair. They were thrown into the dungeon of the giant despair. And they were beat by the giant day after day as Christians. Anybody there? Anybody been there? Alone in that prison. And then Christian finally got some smelling salts. Or was it hopeful? To reread it. And they began to slow down. And stand and see, have conversations asking each other questions. And then Christian says, What a fool I am to lie in this stinking dungeon when I may as well walk at liberty. I have a key in my bosom called promise that will, I am persuaded, open any lock in Doubting Castle. And then the promises of of the Word of God unlocked that dungeon and they were free and they got back to the path and when they were done, they warned us. They're watchmen now. They've been down that road and they're warning us and they say, quotes, out of the way we went and then we found what was to tread upon forbidden ground and let them that come after have a care lest they for trespassing His prisoners are, whose castle's doubting, whose name is despair. That doesn't sound good, and we've been there. But if we go back to the path, what are the results? Kids, look at your verse. Jeremiah 6.16 And you will find rest for your souls. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Anybody ever heard that before when you read your Bibles? That's how the Bible works. You see, Jeremiah was a manner of theologian. He worked with all kinds of revelation. God's rest that he giving, Psalm 95 and the rest of even faith and the option of rebellion or rest that the people of God would find in Psalm 95. And all of that is in Jeremiah's mind when he uses this technical term that has become a very technical term in the Word of God in Jeremiah, that term of rest. 
The prophet Isaiah picks up on it in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 12. And he says to them in Isaiah 20, 12, Here is rest. Give rest to the weary. And here is repose. But they would not listen. And so we are to understand that the rest is when you're on that path of faith following Jesus. You actually enter into that rest right now. And there is eternal good. That is eternal rest for your souls. But you enter into that rest right now. And we notice that the word weary is used by Isaiah and the word rest is used by Isaiah. Where have you heard the word weary and rest used by another person in the Word of God. Yes, because there's a trajectory of meaning that Jeremiah is cognizant of. A trajectory. He doesn't know the name of the person. He doesn't know the time. But he has a messianic trajectory that points forward to our Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 11. And you know about it. Slow down and listen to our Christ today, you burdened one. You hurting one. Jesus says, come to Me in Matthew 11. Come to Me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn from Me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for My yoke is easy and My burden is light. Oh, this text. Oh, even Jeremiah in his messianic implications that he knew about. He pushes forward. We are to have our eyes upon the way, the truth, and the life. Even in Jeremiah's text, we are to have our eyes fixed upon Jesus. He is the way of rest. And I'm telling you, the rest of God here, the rest that God provides is not a what. And that's what, why we're, we're running in all the wrong directions. It's not a what. It's not what we need to do or what this is or what, 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 what. It's who. The rest is a person and His name is Jesus. You can rest, brother, sister, because He's done the work for you. You don't need to work for your salvation. Don't even pick up a stick. Just eat the manna that God has provided in Him. God has provided Plenty, just trust Him. The ancient way of eternal rest is this. You don't need to work for your salvation. You don't need to work for your rest right now. It's God's rest. It's a rest that He provides. That is why Jesus came. That is why He took upon flesh. That is why He lived a perfect life in your place. That is why He died for your rebellious choices. He died in your place. And God vindicated him, declaring him the righteous Son of God through his resurrection. He is perfectly alive right now. He has finished your salvation. He has accomplished your rest. He is rested. He is not standing. He is seated at rest. The work having finished, seated at the right hand of the Father. And He ever lives to help you. He ever lives to fight for you. He ever lives to intercede for you. That you would go back on the right path. That your faith would not fail. And you might find rest for your souls. And you sometimes find rest for your souls. And it depends on... No. The text says in both Jeremiah and in Isaiah and in Matthew, you will find rest for your souls. It is a promise of God. Eternal rest. 
and hope right now He'll bring you home. And the author of Hebrew picks up on this theme of rest and says simply, if you're in Hebrews 4 verse 3, for we who have believed entered into that rest. You trust in Jesus Christ. You're on the path that leads to life. What you waiting for, dear brother, dear sister? What you waiting for if you haven't put your trust in Christ yet? Choose Him. Believe that His death paid for your sin. Believe that His life is enough for you. Put your weight on Him. Trust in Him and you will find everlasting life. But you've got to choose. The Israelites said, we will not walk. They chose their own way. That is rebellion. They chose that. You must choose Christian daily. There are people in your life who are running well. You say, this text isn't for me. I thought I was running well. I'm doing the best I can. Listen, maybe this text means that, you know, are you there answering questions? Are you there warning? Are you there helping? Are you a faithful watchman? Maybe that is your call. Pastors with their people, parents with their kids, God with His children. Go back! Go back to the ancient paths where the good way is. Andrew Peterson, one of my favorite artists, wrote a song called You'll Find Your Way. And he wrote this song to his children, especially his children entering into adulthood in the, young, in the early 20s, which we all know is very, very rough. People who are standing at the crossroads, he wrote to his own children, and a quote from his song, and I know you'll be scared when you take up your cross. And I know it'll hurt, because I know what it costs. And I love you so much, and it's so hard to watch. But you're going to grow up, and you're going to get lost. Just go back. Go back. Go back. Go back to the ancient past. Lash your heart to the ancient mast. And hold on, boy. Whatever you do to the hope that's taken hold of you. And you'll find your way. You'll find your way. If love is what you're looking for, the old roads lead to an open door. And you'll find your way. You'll find your way back home. Go back to the ancient paths where the good way is. Father, this is what we need to hear from you today, from the prophet Jeremiah. We thank you for your word that has challenged us and encouraged us. I pray that Holy Spirit, that this is just the beginning of how the prophet Jeremiah, writing 700, almost 800 years ago, has ministered to us. Holy Spirit, set our eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Of our faith. 
And for the joy, for the joy before him, ran the race that you had given him. And may we then, with the race you've given us, lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that can bog us down and let us run our race with endurance, fixing our eyes upon Jesus. Would you do this work in 2024? May we, in this year, draw near to you more than ever as individuals, as families, and at Grace Community Bible Church. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.